Welcome to the low bar, where we set the bar lower than Craig's bail after he turned himself in for premeditated littering. But we've all been there. Yes. And holding out a Diet Coke at a festival, you decide you no longer want to hold that can. And even still, no one bailed him out. I'm Becca. And I'm Emily. And in today's episodes, we'll be getting to know one of our fellow athletes and later interviewing a very special guest. We'll also be playing an uber super special game with the man who sells you a roof you don't need, Craig Kingston. And you know what time it is. No, I it's do. not leg time with Craig time. Not yet. Hold your ponies, oh, guys. Yeah, cool it. Now we're going to be sharing some quotes, some mm -hmm. sayings. Um, mm -hmm. I'll go first. <clears throat> like usual, read it to you, give you context after. Good. <clears throat> I spoke to a girl who had cancer today, and we were talking about how this is such a hard thing for her, but it taught her such a big lesson. And I was like, wow, that's how I feel. Wow. Is that... I'm going to make it a guess. Okay. And this could totally insult this person, but she's never going to watch this, so it doesn't matter. Is it Britney Spears who said that? It is not Britney Spears. It okay. is Kim K talking about mm. her 72-hour marriage to Chris Humphreys. Let me read the quote again with that in mind. Okay. I spoke to a girl who had cancer today, <laughs> and we were talking about how this is such a hard thing for her. Wow. But it taught her such a big lesson. And I was like, wow, that's how I feel. <laughs> Excuse me, Kim K? That's horrendous. Excuse also, me? Kim K was my second guess. <laughs> I just did Britney Spears because of the way you're talking. Plus, you know, the Africa quote. But, <laughs> but like, wow. That's Kim. That's perspective. Oh my God. Really, really it is. It there is. is more to that quote. If you go look it up, that condemns her even worse. Where I'm like, wow. she genuinely believes she has the upper hand. She's top <laughs> to this girl. And I was like, are you She's like one up to this girl's, this girl's hardships. She's like, oh, well, you know what? I was married to Mr. Humphreys for 17 <laughs> hours. But so. this is like after, I'm pretty sure, like right after when she was like, I'm getting a divorce and she cried about it. And then can you imagine like being a make-a-wish child and you're like, my one wish is to meet Kim K. And she shows up and you're like, ah, ah, Kim, my, you look so pretty today. I, mm. I have cancer. I'm dying. And she goes, yeah. you know what? Well, I'm dying inside. You know what else is dying? My marriage. My marriage was cancerous. So I know yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. Well, my quote, <laughs> not really, not really angering, but kind of just like face palming at society. Okay. Um, I hate that I just said that, by the way. Uh <laughs> so it's okay, brush you, it off. Right. You may recall the 2016 clown scare. Yes. Okay. Um, my friend, my personal friend was told this quote um, in regards to the 2016 clown scare. Are they real clowns or just people dressing up as clowns? Thoughts? It, it transports me back to a time when I asked myself the same thing. <laughs> um, because when, I, when we were going to middle school, I remember it was all the rage to talk about how close your middle school was to the nearest stabbing. Um, so <laughs> that's what we talked about was people are like, well, I heard that there was a clown 200 feet from us today. And then someone would go, well, we actually went on a field trip and the clown was right there. 
uh, well, and then someone would go, well, we actually, uh, my clown, the, he's, my, he's my dad. The clown, he's my dad. <laughs> Lives so in my house. I didn't have yeah. time to ask myself those questions or let alone ask them out loud to people. Right. Um, because I was too busy trying to top people about how close I came to dying at the hands of a maybe clown. Right. And like, he here's where I'm at with this quote is that there's, the truth lies within one of two options. Either they're an idiot and believe that a clown is a mythical creature, such as that of a dragon. Yeah. Or a troll. Uh, or they are a professional clown that is offended by people posing as clowns. <laughs> I just um, have to say, there is only one thing worse than being stabbed to death by a clown, and that is being stabbed to death by a fake clown. Not even a real <laughs> clown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine how sad that would be? You, like, walk up to heaven and they're like, oh, no, no. Maybe if it had been Bozo who killed you, <laughs> we could let you in. But here you yeah. are, and you've been killed by, yes, a poser. Also, that's probably the number one insult, is being called a poser clown. <laughs> like, you're not even good enough to be a clown. You're, being, you're a poser clown. Being a clown is already being someone you're not. So they are imposter right. clowns. Right. And I'm so sorry to all the clowns I did not hire to work my birthday parties. I will make sure to hire a clown at my next yeah. party. Yeah. Ugh. Now I'm just in a mood, you know. I know Practicing it's okay. And insulting, insulting the the terrible journey that is cancer, and and now people posing as clowns. It's it's sick. But you know what I do when I feel like the world is against me. What What do you do? I sit down with a bowl of popcorn, and I I watch a movie. Oh, don't we all? Yeah, and, and that, my friends, is my segue of the week. Yep. <laughs> into the theme of today, which is movies. But of course, we have our little side quest, a side question of the day that we are tackling. Um, yes. What type of fame do you wish to achieve in your lifetime? And if so, for what? I love this question because I think everyone at some point in their life were like, fame, fame. Dude, <laughs> they, just really wanted, they just really wanted it, you know? Yeah. And like whether that sticks or doesn't, you know, don't tell me you haven't put on concerts in the shower. You oh, know? 100%. Like everyone lives that life. Yeah. But here to talk to us about movies and the type of fame they would like to achieve, here is our interview with B.I. Hey, B, what's up? Hey. No, nope, um, nope, stop, 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 right there. I need to ask you a very important question before you go any further. Paddington <laughs> 2, thoughts? Um, well, you see, Paddington 1 um, is actually uh, the greatest film ever conceived, ever, 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 um, out of any film ever. Um, I would like to give Paddington a hug. Um, sadly, Paddington 2 
was just a disappointment on all fronts for me. Okay. I'm taking in the information you said, and to counter, I'd like to present the facts, which is Paddington has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, while Paddington 2 is one of five movies that has 100% on 100%. Rotten Tomatoes. 100%! Oh my god. Um, Oh um, I, I actually ha uh, very vehemently dislike Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's very silly um, okay, yeah. and misleading um, because all that it, it doesn't measure how much people like something. It matter it measures whether or not people like something. So someone can give a movie like a seven out of ten, just a seven out of ten, and if everyone gave that movie like a seven out of ten, it's got a one hundred percent. That doesn't mean it's an amazing movie. It just means that everyone liked it. And I get that maybe some element of Rotten Tomatoes is not right with the world, but to give Paddington 2 Paddington 100%. And there are movies by Stanley Kubrick that do not have 100%. Right. It's an outrage. Would you like to properly introduce yourself now that we've Copper, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hitting me with a movie that I've never seen before. Yeah, uh, my, hey, my, thanks my so name... much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, my, my name is my name is B. If if you don't know me, I'm I'm very cool. Um, I am I'm non-binary. Um, I'm I'm neither a man nor a woman. Um, so yeah, very cool. They them pronouns. Anyways, um, I like movies a lot. Um, over the summer, I pretty much watch a movie every single day. Um, I like wow. fun movies. I like artsy movies. I like weird movies. I like any kind of movie. It just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. What What would you say is like your favorite genre? Genre, or can you even say? Because I'm um, not sure I can even say. I I wouldn't say that I could give like a favorite genre to a movie, but I think I can give you a sort of feeling that a movie gives me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I I like watching fun movies, and fun movies are cool. But to me, they're not as substantive as just movies that like make me really. Mm -hmm. <laughs> movies that just make me feel something and i think movies mm. have such a great capacity to um you know uh, really bring to you something profound mm -hmm. and i think yeah. that's wonderful i i agree like sometimes i'll sit in a movie and like i sit there okay you know what? i'm gonna make it an analogy it's not an analogy it's an example and mm -hmm. okay when i went to go see the greatest showman i was like this is a cash grab because it's all my favorite people in one place at once. Right. Right. It just can't be good. And I watched that movie and I cried <laughs> openly. I cried right. like a man. I just cried so much. And right. it was like, I just sat there and I was like, you know what? There are significant problems with this movie. But, <laughs> but my enjoyment is not one of them. Like, cause I sat uh -huh. there and they sing from now on. And I was like, I just want to be part of this movie. Like, it's like that right. feeling when you watch something and you're like, I either want to be part of like the group of people who made it because it's so awesome. I get what you mean when it's like, this is just, this is a heartless cash grab, you know, kind of like, sorry. Like Paddington 2. Like Paddington 2. <laughs> yeah. Or like Men in Black 2. I think, you know, like you were saying, like it can, it can be a cast of people that's certainly like a, a cash grab, but can also certainly win you know can yeah, really yeah. Just, it could be such a success and like you always hope it's that but that's not always the case i i, I think uh considering like lion king 2 greatest showman things like that 
I think a more productive question on my end would just be to go over the things that I hate more so than the things that I like. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. This may come as a surprise to anyone who knows me, but I really just do not like Broadway musicals at all, or at least like the sort of like the stereotype that you would associate with them. The Greatest Showman, I think, from from the trailer I've seen, it seems like a movie that I would hate. <laughs> also, uh, when just auto tune and oh, oh my gosh, I saw the Aladdin movie. Oh boy. Oh my um, God. The, the live action Aladdin. I think that's a distillment of, of many of the things that I strongly dislike. Yes. Yeah, um, certainly. I do love a lot of the things that, that, you know, like new kids movies that come out, except for the emoji movie. Don't even get me started on that. Oh like God. what is going on there? But like Pixar just has a way with me and like every, like almost every movie that it's just spat out in like the past cut, like decade or so. I've just like cried every time. It does its job, you know. It really gets the job done. Um, yeah, there, there are a few. Cool. There's a few standouts uh, for me. I have oh, admitted this. Yeah. I have admitted this on the podcast before, but I think I've cut it. Um, that the movie <laughs> I've, I've cried the most during, like in the past, like ten years of my life, was Boss Baby. I, <laughs> I it, it made me cry. Like okay, like. Not sad tears, like relatable, ugly, ugly Toby Maguire tears. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was because that movie is supposed to be funny, but Alec Baldwin right. was not funny. Instead, he made me cry <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> but, like, then why did I cry at The Good Dinosaur? You know? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Like, oh my God. The beginning of The Good Dinosaur. When it like the the asteroid like flew over and they all looked. Have you seen the good dinosaur? Yes. Like like at the very beginning, you see the asteroid and it's like hurtling towards Earth, and yeah. then and then it flies right over. I'm like, <laughs> it it was like the biggest like double take I've ever made in my life. I was like, oh no, I know what's gonna happen, and then let's, it didn't. Let's just appreciate the fact that none of us said crudes. If someone had said I cried during Crudes, <laughs> I would have you have to leave. Like right. that movie, they made a second one. That's they did. I haven't seen that. it yet. Well, B, we have a bit of a game, so Ooh, to speak. I'm so, so pumped. Um all right. And it, it and it might be tough for you. I mean it'll be tough for anyone. Um, but we're gonna name uh several you know, different numbers every time, but a few different movies that we kind of related to. We made, we made a list, and then we kind of found the ones that sort of are kind of related, um, whether it be directors, genre, whatever. Um, right. We're going we're gonna to list them out, and then you have to pick what you think is either the best or your favorite out of Ooh. it, and then make Ooh. your case in okay. three sentences or less. I'll start, and then me and Beck will switch off. Okay, so this one we labeled the big ones. Ah. Um, number one, a perfect movie in my opinion, <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> E.T. Okay. okay, so it goes Jurassic Park, E.T., Indiana Jones, Jaws, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, out of, out of all of those... Um... 
I would say Jurassic Park just because of the uh, deep and uh, meaningful lore behind the series. I mean, have you ever seen Jurassic Park 2? Jurassic Park 3, those are the true masterpieces, okay? Because Jurassic Park 2 and 3 were just too complex for the average person to understand, you know? To be fair, you need to have a, a fairly high IQ to understand Jurassic Park 2. Um, and so I just think that Jurassic Park 1 does such a good job of building this sort of foundation in such an accessible way for an audience in order for the sequels to uh, bring on some really mature themes about uh, growing up, you know, uh, discovering things about your sexuality and uh, learning about yourself. So I'm going to say Jurassic Park. That was a hefty three sentences. Oh was yes, it, was I it certainly sentences? was. Oh yes, no, it was. It was. It was exactly three sentences, and I was definitely counting, and I definitely was thinking about that. Okay, well, <laughs> I, would, I have to agree with you that Jurassic Park is is the best out of, out of all those. It's a perfect um, movie. I feel like I might have to say Star Wars just because that's like parental. Yeah, parental and we bias. also we we also specified four and five, four or five. Yeah. Um, but you no, know, you, you six. Can, it's just number yeah. four and five. <laughs> yeah. I'll say, I think the best Star Wars movies are one, two, and three. Um, because the, the new ones have, have made me lose the ability to take anything Star Wars seriously. So I, I'll just enjoy the first, like episode one, two, and three and just laugh. The prequels. Mm. Yes. Wow. I'm restraining the rage inside me. But. Yeah. So it's probably every audience member. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because some people they just fall in love with Hayden Christensen, and I. Not to make I mean, are like they wrong? Yes, in the oh. brain. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to some less controversial movies. <clears throat> these are <laughs> these are not less controversial. <laughs> so um, we call these the revered movies. These are the things that oh. are like not classics, but they're like. You got to watch these if you want to talk uh, about it. Okay, we have 2001, The Shining, Titanic, Alien, and just for fun, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, oh I need to rewatch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, um, so uh, very easily, Alien. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a wonderful portrayal of a um of a very strong woman in a way that uh film bros are still able to understand and comprehend without thinking that it's like feminist propaganda yeah, yeah. and it does a wonderful job of just bringing out the tension and as mm -hmm. much as i'll joke about jurassic park alien is an excellent movie and everyone should watch it yeah, yeah, I definitely, I love looking into, like, the behind the scenes of Alien, like, yeah. what what Scott the Ridley was doing, like, right. especially, you know, the scene, so famous, right. right. and, and it was unscripted, and, like, that's yeah. just great, like, it's little things like that that are so much fun. Alien definitely also, inspired so many, so many other movies. Other also, movies. um... When I say this, I know full well that it's most likely going to get cut, but, uh, the xenomorphs, the xenomorphs are... Ooh, they are hot. All in all, 
just something everyone should everyone should watch. Everyone should watch all of those movies. 2001, yeah. The Shining, Titanic, Alien, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. All very important movies. One of those things is not like the other. We'll let you decide. Which <laughs> one. I, 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 don't, I don't think I'll ever watch Titanic. I, yeah. Ain't, yeah. ain't gonna happen. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's not really a necessary movie. <laughs> um, well, our next section is oldies. oldies. That's right. Oldies. Um, number one, Casablanca. Two, 12 Angry Men. Then Psycho. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. Then, then Psycho. Then Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Then Citizen Kane. Then The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. This is hard. <laughs> this is, this it is really hard. hard um, I guess out of those, I, I mean, I'd have to say 12 Angry Men. Um, mm. I used to call it my favorite movie. Um, even though for me it's more of like a favorite like stage play or like script yeah I, I like the writing of it um so i, I want to go with 12 angry men um i think just the the tension that goes along with it just being them deliberating in that one room they have a specific set of facts to deal with and just this one person just changing everyone else's minds i i, I think that's it, it's just wonderful yeah i it's it's just a movie that I watched going into it feeling like it was going to be very boring. And I was so engrossed in the whole movie the whole time, which I'm sure that's not true for everyone. But yeah, my I, family was bored by it. <laughs> like the tension that's just, it's so well written. Like I have not seen it as a stage play, but while watching it, it would make an excellent stage play. There's a lot to learn from it. Like um, they're like in one place the whole time, like they're in that mm -hmm. one room, which like as an actor i'm like how do you even do that like that's <laughs> very good on their part but i love that they leave so much to the imagination like when they describing the crime or like describing different things it's very much like it counts on your imagination um we're gonna move on to our next section which is thriller slash scary classics um first one is halloween then Night of the Living Dead, the OG, the really old one. Um, the Thing, Predator, and Silence of the Lambs. Uh, that's a very easy pick for me. You gotta go with Silence of the Lambs. I, agree. I think that one scene where um, oh, I don't know what his I don't know what his name is, where the, the person who plays Hannibal Lecter goes. Oh, yeah. that. oh my gosh. I think that just makes the whole movie. I think that's like the first scene in the movie, honestly. It just. Yeah. That movie, I, I think it was unfair of us to put that with all the other ones. <laughs> okay. Let's say this Halloween, Night of the Living Dead, The Thing, and Predator. Out of those. Um, out of those, uh, it's also pretty easy. I'd got to go with The Thing. Yes. Um, I agree. John Carpenter yeah. locks it out of the park. <laughs> Maybe that was unfair. Halloween, Night of the Living Dead, and Predator. <laughs> um, I think Halloween is really iconic. Um, my my impression is that movie just now kind of strikes me as boring. I like, totally agree with you, Becca. I watched that for the first time this year, and I was like, this is so overhyped. So I watched it when like I was it. like nine years old, okay? I, right. the, 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 it, 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 in my memory, it is wonderful. All right, so B, we have a uh, very important question okay. of the day, which is, right. what type of fame do you want to achieve in your lifetime, comma, and for what, question mark? 
Um, well, um, I think I would like to achieve um, the type of fame that goes along with being a sort of cog in the machine. Um, I'd like to be a part of something greater than myself. Something, I, I want to be a part of a team that, uh, that works together. Um, and, and, when, and when we're written into the footnotes of history, it's not my name, but our name. Wow. Wow. I just want an answer. money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like um, a big audience and just me and a microphone. That would yeah. <laughs> I mean wow. the, there are things I'd love to like like fame wise. I feel like uh I hate the way that people are famous now, either <laughs> in attitude or just like the things that you have to do if you're famous. I, I don't want to say have to do, but it's like the things that are expected of right. you. And the, I hate how much we like idolize people who are famous. And then it's like, they're like, well, I'm not your role model. And they're like, but you're famous. And I'm like, but you made them famous. So like, right. like Rihanna, I remember when Rihanna was all mad that people like saw her as a role model. She's like, I just make music. Like I'm not yeah. looking for. <laughs> Um, so yeah. being, you said you want to be sort of like a cog in the machine and you want to, you want to be famous as a team. So what, yeah. what would that be for? Like, if well, you were I, I was, I was just about to say, I understand that that, uh, that answer is particularly vague. Um, I guess, I guess I just want to, um, you know, find some way to improve the world. Um, like I think, um, internationally people are suffering and, um, I, I, I want to be able to help with people who are less fortunate than us. And, mm -hmm. um, well, that's a very nice answer. Yeah, I know a lot of people. <laughs> I was like, no, I'd insane. like to be on SNL one day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's just as valid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, like, my kind of the, the way that I perceive, like, if I wanted to be famous. Which like I'm sure let's do it, <laughs> yeah, but like, but like if like if that were to happen, and it was because of like being on SNL, I think that's all. I I wouldn't think I'm not helping people. Number one type of fame is wisdom tooth video that ends up on Ellen. You cannot <laughs> tell me that is not number one. <laughs> number two, dating a Kardashian. Okay, right. Those That'd are the tears. Yeah, I don't know the rest being of them. Being like, on a hammer. <laughs> I what a I, name what a name oh my gosh it sounds like Armin Hammer can we talk about that first it off is. his name is Armin it's short is it really is yeah. his name really Armin Hammer yes no way I thought it was well he's like a cannibal now so like yeah he's like a cannibal like cannibalistic allegations yeah. going on yeah hey, it's, we'll stay away. it's like way to go from the perfect man to <laughs> <laughs> Army Hammer is six foot five. And He's we have the perfect same in every way. B. We we have the same we have the same star sign. That's cool. Wow, it's just perfect in every way up until now. You know, <laughs> I should have should have seen the signs. Yeah, <laughs> should have seen the signs. Thank you, no. B, for talking to us today. <laughs> of course, I yeah, I had a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, honestly, this was lots of lots of good. Uh, real talk about <laughs> movies and film. No offense, but we like to take our opinions from other people's expert opinions. So our, our next guest that we're bringing on, he is 
kind of an expert. So we are very excited to hear his thoughts and his exploration into, <laughs> into the cinema. Yeah. Yes. So we'll say goodbye for now and we'll say Bye. hello to Troy Bye. later. <laughs>
you know, that that's a place where I feel like I would earn such respect as, you know, the director of, of a play um, back there. I'd be able to tell all those actors to what, what to do. But uh, this takes takes you back to a time um, where you can boil down my life to its most, most essential parts. The struggle, all right? The misunderstanding from the parents. You know, you need to get a job. You need to work. You need to earn money in order to go to school. We're not going to pay for your school for you, Troy. Um, those are a lot of the sort of uh, repeated lines that you hear a lot in this film. You know, yeah. in, the, in, in the medieval times, um, yeah, when, when I say medieval times, I, I don't mean like time-wise. I mean th that this movie is taking place in medieval times, the place where you go oh. and you get the, the whole chicken that you like eat with your fingers. I really love medieval times. Have you guys ever been in medieval times? Oh my gosh. Medieval I times. have. I, I, I hated it. Well, okay. So you're saying your film is a metaphor for your own life, but it's also about you being able to direct a play, but it's also including lines that you hear a lot in your own life. Are you in this medieval times setting? Are you a watcher? Are you a performer? How are we hearing these lines? Are we hearing them from servers? Well, uh, or... have you ever have you ever seen the movie Being John Malkovich? No. You, you know that one scene where uh, John Malkovich goes inside John Malkovich's brain. And then everyone around him is John Malkovich. And all they say is Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. Um, it's kind of like that. Everyone, everyone who's fighting is me. Everyone who's watching is me. The chicken is even me. Okay, so let's break it down. Because I can tell that there's a lot of thought and meaning behind every action, every thought. What does you being the chicken that you eat symbolize for you? Um... Well, actually, so um, so uh, there are two things. Uh, number one, uh, have you ever heard of consensual cannibalism? I know Army Hammer, yes. This sort of consensual cannibalism is being done by me to me. And so that kind of uh, formulates the sort of uh, inner turmoil that I feel being stuck with my restrictive mom and dad. Okay, so who is the audience for your film? Um, well, I'd, I'd like to say that this is a movie for anyone. Um, you know, anyone can come in and watch it, but I don't think anyone will come in and really just connect with it, you know? Um, so the I, audience I just, is for you. Yeah. No, no one else can understand this film. In, in yeah. the well, way. it's it's a little it's a little bit difficult uh, to, to speak with it with with you, you as interviewers. I just I just feel like women aren't just as connected to cinema um, mm -hmm. as men are. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like speaking with you makes things a little bit difficult to impart these ideas. Um, yeah. You know who I think you would get along with very well is is one of our old guests, Paul. Yeah. Um, on Ian's episode. Uh, you're going to film school. Where where are you going to film school? Um, I am going to school at um, Phoenix University in Arizona. Oh, how how nice of a you to make yes. time for us there. Um, Absolutely, yeah. It's very hot here. Um, so mostly because I'm there. What would you say that some of the your greatest influences are? I know you've mentioned Tarantino. Is there any movies that you idolize? Like what, what are your 
to borrow a word from you, your highs. I, I, I would say that easily the greatest film ever made is clearly Pulp Fiction. I think the way that it just mm. interweaves these these three distinct yeah. tales together is just wonderful. And uh, you've got these really just strong characters and uh, you get to see this underbelly of, of life, um, uh, life below legality. So you, you mentioned you want to uh, maybe CGI yourself. Think the oh, no, 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 no. CGI, excuse me, who do you think I am? No, we're going to be creating, uh, you know, in Mission Impossible, where, where they have like those face masks that make you look like another person. It's right. like that, except we're making them and it's for my face. Who's right. the we? Uh, me and my friends. People are going to know the name Troy Witt and I. Uh, mm -hmm. with, within a year, within a year, this, this movie will be a masterpiece. It will win. Wow. All of it will win all of the Oscars that Joker yeah. deserved. Wow. Well, that I, I'm so excited to watch it. Troy, thank you so much for coming on here yeah. and telling us about your film school experience as well as your movie experience. So enlightening. So Absolutely. Much, so much to hear about. So much to know. So much to question. Yeah. Thank you, Troy. For and thank you for having me on. Putting a bit more of light in my day. Bit yeah. more question. We wish you all the best with your film. I, I really hope it does great things for you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Well, goodbye, Troy. Thank you. Now we'd like to welcome B back. How are you, B? I'm doing very nice. Thank you. We had a nice, nice little chat with Troy. Um, yeah. It definitely uh, accelerated our knowledge in cinema. I, I think that's one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a time. Uh, but for now, time to move on to our favorite section. It is Vague Time with Craig Time. That's right. Just like Becca said, we're moving on to Vague Time with Craig Time, which is everyone's favorite section. And in this next section, Becca will ask everyone a very specific question that we all must answer to the best of our ability. I will then invite the man who gives Dementors a kiss goodnight, Craig Kingston, onto the show. His job is to listen to our answers without knowing the question that was asked and take his best guess on what the question was. If he's wrong, he will never know the question asked of us and the impending desire to know the context of our answers will consume his very soul till there's virtually nothing left. If he wins, we will recreate William Shakespeare's Julius Caesar with Craig Kingston in the title role. <laughs> Emphasis on recreate. And, and get your tickets for the first performance because it'll be a one night show if you know what I mean. And I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I can hear you. Hey, you guys. Usually you keep the winnings pretty realistic. You can't threaten to kill Craig Kingston on the podcast. We have one thing to say to you. If you think that Mimi and Emily cannot perfectly plan and execute a takedown of our English professor, then you are truly a man of no faith. And there's no helping you, no saving you. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, let's move on to our question, which is in no way tied to his winnings. Um, mm. What is Craig Kingston's last name? Uh, let me let me repeat the question. What is Craig Kingston's last name? 
Now, this, this question, I think there's a lot of room for misinterpretation. And right. I know that usually we have something so vague. And I think we're matching that energy this week. This right. is something that I don't even know if I can give a little lore to it, give a little backstory. This question is very, there's so much room for interpretation, just like right. film. Film, there's so many different ways to interpret it, so many different things to say about it, so many different scores you can give it. It's very exciting. I had to hold back. This question, it's been in my brain for quite a long time. Probably ever since I met Craig, this is the first thing I wanted to ask him. I was I was like, Mr. Kingston, what's your last name? Like, I just, I've been having such trouble figuring it out and I'm so glad we can raise the important issues on the podcast. Right, right. I agree. And it's something that I've, you know, I've thought about for a long time. You yeah. know, what is Craig Kingston's last name? So I'm very excited to give him our answers. I'm very excited to have him on, especially because the stakes are so high today. They are. They are very high. So much at risk. So, so I mean, if he, if he gets this right, that's all I'm going to say. If he yikes. gets this right, yikes. Uh-oh. Well, I'm going to go invite uh, Craig Kingston onto the, onto the call. But just to repeat the question, just, you know, so that we didn't forget. Yeah. It's so mm -hmm. complex. What is Craig Kingston's last name? Yeah. Here's Craig Kingston. Okay, and with our discussion concluded, we'd like to welcome sizable Susie, the now deceased cousin of Tiny Tim. Was, was that a result of the aforementioned Diet Coke? Uh, yeah, you know, most people put down Diet Coke, but this time the Diet Coke put her down. You know what they always say, you either die the hero or you live long enough to see Susie be put down by a few cases of Diet Coke. Another dead joke, though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you. Oh, wait. Hey, do I get to pick my... So, I don't know if you guys know this, but my, uh, my Teletubby name that they ended up canceling. I've been thinking about this all, all these <laughs> Okay, okay. Stinky Dinky. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We should not have asked. <laughs> you didn't ask. I just wanted to out there. Wow. Last yeah. week, one of my, my favorite part of last week was like you uh, doxed, not me, but Reina. And then you like apologized. Oh, we're not supposed to say her last name. And then, and then not only did you not take it out in post, which easily could have been done. <laughs> But you repeated it when you yeah. introduced her again. No, I actually, I noticed the same thing, but figured. Some might say that was intentional. Uh, yeah, it might have been. Keeping the bar low. Some might yeah. say you missed the point, Craig. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you just don't get it. I, yep. Yes. It's kids these days. I, I don't get your humor. Yes. Speaking of things you don't get, uh, we have some answers for you. <clears throat> All right. I think it's that time, folks. Uh, Becca, would you like to kick off our answers? Yeah. Um, this is so embarrassing. Um. <laughs> Wait, it's embarrassing to you? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm getting secondhand embarrassment. Like, fine, right fine, fine. I'll say my answer. I'll say my answer. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like I have a very similar. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Becca, that's really funny. I, I, when I heard the question, I thought very long and hard. 
Um, it kind of just uh, came to me in a moment of intuition. My answer is the same. My answer is Kingston. Okay, well, mine, mine is Kingston. All right. Well, this one is a no-brainer. I got this down for sure. <laughs> it is, what is Craig's favorite Jamaican city? <laughs> Nailed it. What do I win? What do you to me? You don't want to win this one. I'm going to take one for the team and say you do not want to win this one. <laughs> All right. So I, I leave uh, a loser yet again, is what you're saying. Yes. 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 All right. Bye, uh, all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
at a starting price of $14.99 an hour. Please contact us. This has been The Low Bar with Becca and Emily. Hope we set the bar low and we'll be back next week to further derail your expectations. Ah!